Hello everyone, you're listening to Game Rivals, a podcast where a Nintendo fan and a PlayStation fan talk about the latest games and happenings in the gaming community and industry. I'm one of your hosts, Maximilian X, and together with Sean Templar, we bring you this bi-weekly podcast about video games. and welcome to a very special bonus round of the game arrivals i am one of your hosts maximilian x and here with me today for this special episode is the one the only the emperor john templar (laughs) why are you calling me the emperor that sounds so weird because you built for china you overcame you won i have made china grow larger (laughs) <laughs> and then my PC broke, and now China is left without an emperor. <laughs> huge anticlimax. <laughs> Very huge. If you guys haven't listened to the last regular episode, I suggest you do, because he goes into detail as oh. to why that happened. Oh. It only it's, gets it's worse. Sad. It's sad. It's sad. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, this very special episode that we're recording for you guys right now in the middle of a regular, uh, in between our regular recordings, is of course because this week is Gamescom, uh, Europe's biggest game show of the year. Um, There have been some announcements, and we're going to talk about some of the announcements that happened during Gamescom, before Gamescom, Um, not after, because Gamescom is still going live, so you might miss some new news here and there but most of the stuff was already announced before that so you should be good um can you tee us up with your first uh point that you want to talk about sean i have so many but i'll start with the one that i got most excited about and that's that insomnia games the creators or the makers behind resistance all man and the resistance franchise ratchet and clank Spyro's Dragon, and a little game called Spider-Man, which sold 13.2 million copies on PS4. Impressive. Was bought by Sony. Finally. Yeah. So they're now finally part of Worldwide Studios. Woo! Yeah. Congratulations to uh, Insomniac. Yeah, indeed. And uh, congratulations to Sony. That was... uh... They just robbed the the gaming world of one of the greatest uh, game developers out there. Uh, kind of sad. You make it sound like they bought the guys and then they shut down the company. No, I mean, come on. It's not unlike, say, Microsoft who bought companies but still allowed them to publish on other platforms. Sony's not going to do that. Oh, just because uh, Microsoft bought Obsidian and is going to let them publish the other worlds on other platforms, it's okay? Because I read an article yesterday saying... Microsoft has stated that they don't have any plans to publish any of their games on other platforms in the foreseeable future besides the other world or the outer worlds. And I think this is more of a, the game was already in development and kind of a dick move to say, oh, no, we're going to just do a make a Microsoft exclusive out of it. Really? Because then they could have killed the deal for the Switch and yet that one is still coming. Is it coming to Switch, the outer worlds? Yeah, I mean, after it launches on the other consoles, but it's coming to the Switch, I think, either ending this year or early 2020. What? That must have yeah, you didn't get that, that one? Oh. That, that, was got, that got announced, I think, like a month ago or something. 
you know, every switch related stuff, as soon as I hear the word switch, I just zone out like, Boo! <laughs> you know, just, just that happens. Um, but anyway, uh-huh. Sony, uh, Sean Layden, you know, one of the big guys at Sony has said that he's happy to welcome Insomniac to Worldwide Studios. As we've known from Worldwide Studios is they give a lot of freedom. So they are working on whatever they want, kind of. I think they're working on Spider-Man 2 right now, because come on, who doesn't want Spider-Man 2? If that's still going to happen because of uh, Sony Pictures' fallout with Marvel, which we read about today. I don't see why not. You know, I can't imagine, because now what happens is Sony pulled Spider-Man out of the MCU, kind of. And maybe Marvel might say, oh, well, because we have a bad understanding with Sony Pictures, we don't want them to make a game around Spider-Man, so we're going to pull the game oh, license. No. That's oh, also no. like a counter they can play. Oh, no, you just reminded me that they actually did that before with with uh, the Fast uh, Fantastic Four. Yep. Ugh, yeah. Well, let's hope Spider-Man 2 is still happening for the PlayStation. Yeah. But anyways, it's cool to have Insomniac finally with us. And I, and I was talking to a friend of mine about this, but... I think Sony picked them up at the right moment because if Sony hadn't done it, I think Microsoft would have swept in and bought them and then they would now be Microsoft's own studio. Because <laughs> yeah, I think that was, they'd be that working was on Sunset Overdrive too. Yeah, probably. Yeah, <laughs> that, that was going to happen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, did, you ever get, did you ever get a chance to play that game? Uh, no. I do have an Xbox, so I can maybe pick it up. Probably cost anything right now. Isn't it on uh, uh, Game Pass? Game Pass? I don't know. Maybe I should check that out. Anyway, um, yeah, I mean, good news for them. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm curious what they'll be working on now, because um, if that's the case, because they, you know, when they were still independent, they were also doing other stuff like work for hire and smaller. They even did VR projects. They did VR stuff. So who knows? I mean, they could do VR stuff for, for PS4 or the next PlayStation as well um if they wanted to i mean yeah. you know the sky's the limit for them now yeah talking about the new playstation i read a rumor the other day stating that uh the new playstation is gonna run on three different clock speeds from the processor so it can compensate for the backwards compatibility so it can run like at the speed that the playstation 4 is running it can run at the speed the ps4 pro is running and it can run at the speed the normal playstation is running that's kind of a weird rumor yeah. I read. I'm like, okay, that, that is, doesn't make sense, but... That only makes sense if you put three processors in there that do exactly that. Yeah, So, but the other part that was kind of connected to this rumor was that apparently Sony might do a full PlayStation 5 unveiling in February next year, and then it will right. be on the 12th or the 20th of February. That, that's kind of what oh, they that did. That sounds way too specific. Yeah, I think... They might do a February event because they kind of did that with the PS4 unveiling back at the time. It's the right moment to do it. I mean, I, if they if they if they reveal it Q4 of their financial of their fiscal year, that, that makes sense. Yeah, or because maybe you will get then you're because then you're prepping for the for the coming fiscal year, right? Yeah, or we might get PlayStation Experience this year and they just drop the bomb there. I don't think they're gonna do that. They have said that just because they bowed out of E3 doesn't mean that there aren't other shows that they're considering. I mean, people didn't expect them to attend Gamescom and they're attending Gamescom. Yeah, but that's mostly because of Death Stranding. Yeah. 
nice that you should mention that because that was the other game on that's on my list. They released some a bunch of strange trailers for that game, and I'm still not convinced them I should buy ah. the game. So did you only watch the trailers or did you watch the actual presentation from uh, Gamescom opening night live? Gonna scrub through it. Okay, so it would have probably been best to watch the presentation along with the, the, the... I mean, I know that they released the trailers as is on YouTube, but if you actually watched it while Kojima was explaining it, it makes somewhat more sense than just watching them on their own. Okay. Um, Explain they talk this. About... How am yeah. I supposed to understand a clip of the main character standing up and peeing? Does he explain why the character uh, can do that? Well, <laughs> I mean, actually, just no, he actually does. He actually does. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, not into full detail, but the hints are that um, they do have a game mechanic function to it. Okay. I don't know why. And one of the things, if you notice, if you watch that trailer, is that after he's done relieving himself um a mushroom suddenly appears yeah i saw that which, yeah which is part of the gameplay so i'm assuming that he can harvest that mushroom even though he didn't do that um That's either or nice taking a leak and then growing a mushroom <laughs> and then eating that mushroom super cool game mechanic it's Kojima, man what do you expect man did you see that jeff Keeley's model's been put in the game that's kind of cool yeah yeah, that is kind of cool. Yeah. But honestly, man, those two have been such big BFFs for so long. I would be surprised if he didn't end up in the game. What I am surprised, though, that he's being um, voiced by someone else. Yeah. Um, dang it. What's his name again? Um, very known voice actor. Um, Mercer? I don't know. Ah, dang it. I forget his name. Um yeah, but yeah, Jeff Keighley is not voicing his own character. His characters, like his model is just a cameo in the game. And apparently there are a lot more cameos like that. So I'm kind of curious to see who else he roped into. It would be nice, like, for example, if he um, got got one of the execs from PlayStation to be in there. <laughs> um, you know, like Sean Layden or, uh, or uh, Andrew. Shuhei Yoshida uh, or something. Or Sh Shuhei Yoshida would actually make a lot more sense, yeah. <laughs> um yeah that would actually be really hilarious if we love Shuhei. Shuhei is so funny i love yeah, the guy's cool. energy he's just so enthusiastic yeah man, he's chill man. and you know what that guy is an awesome gamer i believe he has a platinum for uh either dark souls or demon souls or was it uh no 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 it was for what's the game called the other game they did only on playstation uh, bloodborne oh, bloodborne yeah, he has yeah. a platinum for bloodborne that's so awesome <laughs> that's so awesome that is awesome but yeah <laughs> yeah so yeah death stranding finally got more gameplay for the they're gonna show a gameplay trailer or gameplay stuff at tokyo game show could you said yeah 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 he kind of teased the audience that oh they're we're just gonna show stuff at gamescom well or at uh T tgs but here's a little bit of a sneak peek for you guys at gamescom but here's the thing though the dude flew out to Germany, and the, the thing that they kept repeating during that presentation was that 
the game is almost done. They're weeks away from completing the game. Okay. The game comes out in November. Yes. So if the game is going to be done in like a couple of weeks, then the only thing that I can imagine is that at least for the next two months, they're going to do polish. Yeah. Okay, polish and bug testing. They'll probably so, go gold in mid-October. Well, they have to if they, want to print, yeah. if they want to print a lot of discs. Yeah. Um, it's the first time that I'm actually not pre-ordering a Kojima game. Because I have said this before, either it's a cult classic or it's going to be one of those games that, that surprises everybody and blows everybody away and is so amazing that it gets tens again. But mm. now it looks like this weird cult classic game. And I don't want to take a risk on it. Mm, I'm I'm not gonna pick it up at launch either. I'm just gonna look and see what the reaction is online for that. Honestly, Same because here. it look here's the, th- the 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 thing that I will say about this game after seeing you know proper gameplay footage that wasn't like chopped up. It is pretty. It's beautiful, but that that's it is just, mansion, you know? like the 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 outside area just. I know you're going to say, like, what? But to me, it reminded me a lot of the first time I plopped in uh, Breath of the Wild and I stepped outside and saw all that wilderness out there and I'm like, holy shit, how is this running on this system? I know how that feels because I had the same same effect when I played Breath of the Wild. And that's the same effect. That's the same feeling I got when he was outside. Yeah, I know he was doing his business outside, too. But he was also walking around, and just, I'm just like, "Wow!" And he just grabs a ladder from. This his looks backpack. like a place that exists. Yeah, it's crazy. That kind of reminds me of like a, a Scandinavian uh, country or something like that. Exactly, yeah. same here. And I was like, "So this thing is running on a modified version of the SMA engine, the Horizon Zero Dawn engine." Exactly. Yeah. So I don't know what the guys at Guerrilla Games were, what they've like. If you're thinking like they were, they've been sitting still after um, Frozen Wilds came out. The answer is no. no. They have been hard at work with their engine, and this game shows it. But imagine this: if this looks amazing on a PS4, imagine how Horizon. Zero well, I'm assuming that the footage shown was a PS4 Pro. Yeah, but okay, let's put it that way. That. Imagine that this is what a PS4 Pro looks like. And then imagine what, what Horizon Zero Dawn 2 on a PlayStation 5 might look like. If, like, this oh, is already yeah, that's beautiful. Gonna be, that's going to be Yeah, imagine, imagine how that's going to be. It's going to blow everybody away. And if we're yeah. lucky, it's going to be a launch title. It could be. It could be. When, did, when did Frozen Wilds come out? Two years ago. Yeah, so they could have been working on that for quite some time yeah. now. Because they haven't done anything else besides Frozen Wilds. Yeah. At least and supporting and, yeah. and, and, and supporting the stranding, of course. Yeah. So but you don't need a full team for that. No, you it's just probably need, small skeleton crew. You, you, you just need the engineers from uh, of the of the of the game engine to essentially you know help them out. And those developments translate back into Horizon Zero Dawn too. Or Killzone yeah. or whatever they're working on, but I think Zero Dawn Two is the most obvious. You think choice. Killzone is still a thing? I think they haven't forgotten about that. It's just that I think they need to innovate. I but I think they're kind of done with it, though. I think they need to kind of innovate with. Uh, they need to take all the experience they have 
and that the things they learned from Horizon Zero Dawn, maybe they need to paint a whole new picture for Killzone, not just leave the first-person shooter uh, vibe and make a third-person shooter out of it or make a tactical third-person shooter out of it or anything. I mean, remember when the PSP came out, I believe there was a game called Killzone Liberation. It was mm-hmm. an isometric, kind of like the Metal Gear Solid camera's point of view, uh, third-person shooter. I love that yeah, game. I forgot about that. That game was so awesome. It looked yeah. amazing and it played really well. Yeah. It even had multiplayer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't know how many people actually played it. I do know that they worked on it themselves, so that's yeah. actually been. So. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, so, other than that, there were also a, par- a couple of things that I um, thought it was interesting from my point of view, of course, uh, being the Nintendo guy here. There, there wasn't a lot of Nintendo specific news there, mm-hmm. but Nintendo, or at least. Um, there were two games uh, that were announced during their uh, indie uh, world presentation on Monday where they shadow dropped two games. One of them is the Hotline Miami collection, and the other one is uh, Super Hot, which is this um, puzzle, this first person puzzle game that looks like a first person shooter. And the first time you play it or even look at it, you think, like, oh, this is just a first person shooter. And when you start to play it, kind of feels like a first-person shooter. But the the whole gimmick of Super Hot, of course, is that the world doesn't move until you do, or at least it doesn't move at a regular speed until you move. So you have to tactically aim and fire your weapon and uh, make sure that you hit the enemies and you are basically made of glass. One hit and you're dead. So you have to make sure that you do it right. But even if you if you die, in quotes, um, you can just restart from the beginning again and then try a different strategy. So it's nice to see that game being on, uh, on Switch. Um, it's kind of a shame that it doesn't have VR support. Yeah, because there was a, initially a VR title, right? No, 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 no. It was initially a PC title. Oh, I thought it was only a VR later- game on PC. No, no, it started out as a regular game. Yeah. And then uh, it got parted to other systems. I think it launched on Xbox and PlayStation 4 at the same time, I think. And then later it got a VR version when I think... I think on Oculus? Yeah, on Oculus. So on Oculus Rift, it got a VR version. And I don't know if there's a VR version on PlayStation... But I know that they also re-released it on um, the Oculus Quest. And considering that, you know, you have the, you know, the Nintendo Labo VR, I thought they might dabble into that, but it doesn't look like they did, which is unfortunate. But I do understand why, because that game requires head tracking like nobody's business. Okay. And at least from the, the reportings that I've heard about the VR version of Super Hot. They people feel like Super Hot was made to be played in VR. Mm. I haven't had the chance to play it in VR, and I would love to try to play it in VR because people like heaping praise on that version. But uh, yeah, it being on Switch is actually kind of cool because you can take that stuff on the go, and it plays just as well as any any other platform. Yeah. Um, other than that, uh, we got a solid release date for uh, The Witcher 3 uh, on Switch, which is, I believe, was September 3rd. 
so it's right around the corner. And uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of outlets being very positive on the fact that it's running on Switch. I'm gonna be I've got to be honest. I am amazed that it's running on Switch at all. I don't know what kind of magic. Uh, uh, I, uh, what is it called again? Um, CD Project Red. I, no, not CD Project Red, but the studio behind the port. Um, I forgot. It starts with an S. I'll ha- I'll have to look it up later. Um, but I don't know what kind of programming magic they've been doing but it is amazing did you mention that uh, ori and the blind forest is coming to switch that is the last thing that they actually announced thanks for reminding <laughs> me <about that. laughs> yeah so another xbox exclusive coming to switch this september 27th ori and the blind forest so if you uh were still on the fence and you have it and you have a switch and you wanted to play it on that it's gonna run at 1080p 60 frames per second so you're getting the full version, and it's even called the Definitive Edition. Oh, so... I love it when they call it that. <laughs> I mean, that's what they did with Dragon Quest XI. It's the Definitive Edition on Switch. If you want to get the full experience, you got to get it on Switch. Which, FYI, they dropped the demo for that one today. So I downloaded it. I haven't played it yet. The cool thing about it, it's the first... I think the first couple of hours of Dragon Quest Eleven, so the save file actually transfers over to the full version. A couple of hours? Yeah, I think it's like the first chapter or so. Wow, that's nice. Yeah, that's why it's so cool that the save file transfers over. So yeah. when you buy the full game, you don't have to start over. You can just pick up where you left off. That's nice. Yeah. So um, yeah, other than that. Not a lot on the on the Nintendo side. They announced a whole bunch of indie stuff in the indie world showcase. I recommend you watch that if you want to learn more about those games. Um, a few other highlights of that one. Uh, let's see if I can pick it up. There was one game called I think it was called Epic something. Oh, that looked so weird. By the way, because it's this. It, it's this um, auto runner, and you think like, oh, it's an auto runner, so it's looked boring. But it's an auto runner in a post-apocalyptic world where dragons have it, have taken over the world. So you're running on the backs of dragons. That's cool, and it looks really cool. It's this beautiful two D artwork, and they I don't know what kind of techniques they use, but they make it look so good and almost rotoscopy it's crazy um i think it's coming to other platforms as well but they announced it for switch so that's why i'm now that's why i'm mentioning it mentioning it and if i can find the title dang name i can even tell you the name because <laughs> i think it's at least worth knowing what the name is of that game uh where can't seem to find it right now um if i can i'll mention it again later in the podcast but uh suffice to say yeah there are some really hot and really cool uh, indie games coming to uh switch so yeah look forward to that okay okay um i didn't really follow the microsoft things i saw something around gears of war 5 and a lot of people are excited about that. They dropped the new Horde mode trailer. Yeah, they did. 
Oh, no. That one was actually kind of funny because they had the inside Xbox thing. Mm-hmm. And then literally the first game that they announced at the uh, opening, night, opening night live was Gears of War. <laughs> like, like two hours ago, you already talked about it and you're talking about it again. I mean, to be fair, they did say at Inside Xbox that they were going to talk about it again at um, at the at the opening night. So, you know, they were at least honest enough to say that they were going to do that. But then why why do it there as well, man? I don't know, man. Maybe because I don't know. I mean, they talked more about the single-player stuff at the opening night live. Um, and it looks interesting mm-hmm. enough. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. They also did something around uh, Minecraft getting ray tracing. Did you see and that? That's still happening? Yeah. Because I, it's, because uh, the... it's all over the place. On NVIDIA's page, on Microsoft's page. Uh, oh, yeah. NVIDIA's going all in on ray tracing. Uh so yeah, that's uh Yeah, because it's okay, I guess that's the only solace that, that Minecraft fans are getting because they recently scrapped uh, a big vid, a big graphics update that they were working yeah, on. I thought uh, that was um, still gonna happen, but I read the other day that they killed it. Yeah, they killed it. So this coming at least to Minecraft um with the ray tracing um is I guess like a little bit of a gimme. It looks really nice. I saw a demo around it. Yeah, I mean, I've never played Minecraft. Alone, but, it, looks, uh, it looks interesting. Yeah, you haven't? Nope. Doesn't like my my kind of game. Ah, yeah. but I am looking forward to that uh, Minecraft uh, Diablo kind of game that's coming out next. Minecraft year. Dungeons, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. One. that looks like fun. Yeah, I mean, it's a dungeon crawler, of course, it's fun. Yeah, it, I mean, it has co-op. I mean, I don't know how many ways you could screw that up, but yeah. Well, nobody thought um, Blizzard could screw things up, and when they announced the mobile Diablo, they kind of dropped the ball. Have there. they even talked about that ever since? No, I think they tried. They're trying to wipe every trace of it on the face of this planet because they don't want to be reminded about the big boo boo they made. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Is uh, BlizzCon is that still happening this year? I'm pretty sure it is. Well, then they'll hopefully not talk about it there. I think they were going to talk about other stuff. Uh, I hope so. I don't think Better. they have to worry about that. Um, did you see that uh, Yakuza is getting a remastered collection? So Yakuza 3, 4, and 5 is coming to PlayStation. No, you you mentioned that uh, before we started recording, and yeah. I couldn't be more happier. Yeah. Because I'm a big fan of the franchise, and it's been kind of a struggle to be able to actually play all the games in one place. And now you can. Yeah. And that strategy around is pretty cool because it's 3, 4, and 5, and 3 came out this week, and 4 is coming out in October, I believe, and then mm-hmm. 5 is coming out early next year. And you know what you're getting with the game, so it's not like you're paying for the game and hoping it's going to be a good game. These are games that are out already on PS2 or PS3, and they have excellent reviews there. So if you're like yeah. me, you never got a chance to play it, it's the perfect chance to buy it. Because I bought Yakuza Kiwami, loved it. Still need to buy two Kiwami 2 and play that. And then after that, I'll probably buy this and play this, you know? Because it's, it's a really fun game. Yeah. I mean, I have Kiwami on, uh, on uh, 
PlayStation Plus. So yeah, that I'm still going through that one. It's just ah, oh, it's such a good freaking game, man. Such a <laughs> fun franchise. Yeah, it's 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 basically what um. I always see it as the natural evolution of Shenmue. Yeah. And now with also Shenmue 3 coming out... Uh, I honestly are, don't know what's going to happen with that look game. on it. A lot of people are not excited for that. No, well, that and, of course, the whole Epic uh, Game Store bait and switch. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that's going to that's gonna hurt. Um, actually, I almost forgot this one. Um, there is one more thing Nintendo related that I do want to talk about before we move on. Um, so Sega has the uh, has had the license for the Olympics for quite some time right now, and of course with the 2020 Olympics, they're bringing out a new Sonic and uh, Mario and a Sonic at the Olympic Games. Of course, I didn't know. Uh, that. Next, alongside the regular, you know, licensed traditional uh, Olympic uh, Games game, which is out in Japan, but won't come out in the rest of the world until next year for whatever reason. Oh, that makes so much sense. Yeah, it makes no sense because I downloaded the demo from the Japanese eShop and the game is fully fully in English. <laughs> At least the demo is fully in English. I have to assume that the Japanese version is fully in English as well. Why? I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, the Mario and Sonic version, however, is getting a new feature, which is having I, not all of them, but I think a bunch of um, a bunch of competitions in two D, and you have to see the trailer. I know you're not like big on Nintendo and stuff like that, but honestly, you have to see the trailer because it is ridiculous. It is so hilarious. It you have Mario. 8-bit Mario running alongside 16-bit Sega Mega Drive version of Sonic. Okay. And 8-bit version of Princess Peach getting body slammed by an 8-bit version of Bowser in karate. Okay, you have to send it. It is hilarious. I'll send you the trailer later. Check it out. It's not that long. It is hilarious. And honestly, I have never ever bought the the, the Olympic Games games that the, the Sonic and Mario ones, at least. But this almost makes me want to buy it. Just because this mode looks just ridiculous. I mean, you see the chubby version of Eggman from the Mega Drive days and running alongside Sonic and Mario, and that just looks weird. Like, the 3D versions already, because they have the same style, so it doesn't, it doesn't look like it was patched together on new grounds. This feels like that. <laughs> okay. And that is the same hilarious way. And it's just, ah, and it still has the serious edge to it because it's the Olympics. Yeah. So it's so hilarious to see it, man. Ah, you had, yeah, I, I had, like, I have to, I have to send you that trailer, man. Ah, it's so funny. I want to see that. You know what's also hilarious? What? In a bad way. Marvel Avengers gameplay Oh, oh, you sure you want to talk about that now? I think we are obligated to tell our listeners that in this current state, that game is not worth putting your money into. In this current state, it is the only state that it's ever going to be in. Because let me just put it this way. That's how I see it. If you're doing a superhero game, 
you need to do something with that game and that's general with a lot of games if you're doing a game you kind of need to either match or surpass other similar games in that genre or if there's a game that has similarities to what you're doing you need to either match it or surpass it and so if you're doing a superhero game you have the excellent batman arkham series you have the mm-hmm. excellent spider-man friend a game have mm-hmm. the great excellent marvel ultimate alliance game on switch which i haven't played but the reviews are amazing so that means that the bar is already being raised and if you show up with this game which looks like the characters are still too japanese inspired even though it's made by a western studio but it kind of it's it feels like oh we shall do the character design in japan and then we will make the americans make the game it feels like that and that's not racially made anyways, but like, it really feels like that. It really feels like some dude in Japan drew the characters, shit faxed his or emailed his sketch to, to the Western guys and said, this is how you have to make the game. And they're like, yeah, we have to, because if we don't, they'll pull the plug on the game. So we have to. You pay the bill, you know. And then, I mean, Tony Stark, I, I suspect he's being voiced by Nolan North. But he feels like this I, annoying. I think he is. Yeah, he feels like this annoying Nathan Drake on steroids type. He doesn't shut up. He's just making these stupid ass jokes. Um, Thor is trying to be a British Australian guy, which sounds really strange. Well, that's um, oh no, that's um, oh no, that's not thingy. Thor is not being played by uh, Thor. Um, thingy is playing. Uh, what's his name again? Ah. I don't know who is playing it, but it looks bad. The gameplay is too linear. It's too... It looks like an arena game. You rent an arena, you have to kick characters' asses, and then there are some difficult bosses or difficult characters, then you have to kick their asses, then you switch to another character, and you have to do the same thing all over again. It's uninspired, it doesn't look interesting, and I wouldn't spend my dime on it. Well, um, a friend of mine said it best in that it has... It has it has the visual fidelity of a 2019 game, but it has the gameplay mechanics from 2008. Yeah, which I totally agree with, yeah, and because it's it such feels, a missed it feels, opportunity. Because it feels like something that was either um, made around the time of Arkham Asylum or before Arkham Asylum. Yeah, you know, like it's just this corridor where you're just fighting and you continue, and then you have a quick time event, and then you have a cutscene, and then it moves on. But it's, it also looks too linear. I'm not saying that it needs to be this open-world New York in which you swing from the buildings, but give me some freedom. But based on this, and this is the tutorial level, they said, yeah. it's so predefined, it's so linear. And I, I might understand that this is maybe the first level, and we haven't seen anything, but... Even now, you have to wow me to get me to buy the game. You're not wowing me. You're pushing me away. But isn't this... But didn't they say that there was going to be like an open world when after the tutorial, like after the five... the, the Was it a five-year jump or a ten-year jump? I, can't I honestly don't know. And maybe you're confusing it with Endwar. Endgame. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe but like, this isn't oh. inviting me. That is also another thing. Why did they chose this specific style? Why did they chose this realistic style? Instead of? Instead of, I don't know, making it look more comic booky. Like, look at Spider-Man. It doesn't look... Like, it has a realistic stint to it, but it's not overly realistic. You know? Batman, 
Also, the same thing. Has a realistic stint to it, but doesn't look overly realistic. When I see them fighting, the only thing that's going through my mind is the dang Avengers theme from the MCU. And then you're kind of hoping that you hear an MCU voice actor and you exactly. hear a really annoying Tony Stark <laughs> or a wannabe <laughs> Thor or even even the Hulk. Even Bruce Banner looks like a Japanese-inspired Westerner. It's like they went out on the street and said to people, "How do you th- in Japan, how do you think a Westerner looks like? And they, p- people gave a description and they're like, yeah, that's probably how people in America look or in the West look. Let's make character designs based on these guys. Proper well, market be, research. Way to go. Honest, no, but honestly, to be fair, though, has, has character design evolved in Western gaming for the past 10 years? Like, if you look at, like, all the generic main characters that are out there, they all have the same thing in common. They're all either dark-haired or brunettes, um, either have a beard or they don't have a beard and they're voiced by Nolan North or uh, man, who's the other guy Troy Baker thank you Troy Baker is Bruce Banner really yeah okay but let me yeah. put it this way I didn't get annoyed by the way the character looked in a Uncharted or in an Arkham game or in an Assassin's Creed game because if you haven't noticed, but Troy Baker and uh, Nolan North have voiced characters in these franchises that I just mentioned. Well, of course they have. But it's <laughs> not that I was annoyed by the way the characters look. I was actually impressed by the character, the way the characters look. But when I'm looking at this game, I, I just want to crawl in a corner and just cry. Because this game has been in development for a couple of years. How long has this game been in it's development? It's been a couple of years actually. because I remember that they got the license, what, two or three years ago? They made an announcement that an Avengers game was in development at Square Enix. And this is the first it was time. in development for five years. What? Where do I keep, where do I keep coming back on five years? Uh, you're probably confusing oh. it with Endgame. No, no, I know why. It's because I've been playing Fire Emblem again. Oh, okay. Oh, man, that game is tough. Um, oh, yeah, but that's a that's a talk for next week. Um, but yeah. yeah, that's you know, and it's kind of a bummer because I think people will have the same response because Endgame came out this year. It's a huge moment in the MCU. Spider Man came out. Yeah, people are kind of riding that exciting hype train. They're like, I, yeah. oh yeah, I want to play like these characters, you know. And then you get the Avengers game, and the and people just never want to do anything with the MCU again because they're just mm. you know want to cry in a corner. Yeah, it's true. depressing. <sighs> yeah, and the funny thing is, I read an article the other day that they had improved the character design. And when I looked at the trailer, I thought, well, there's nothing improved. No, no, here. no, no, no. But but it's the thing is, this version is the one that we saw at E3. Yeah, it's just they kept it under wraps for whatever reason. Oh, they so kept it under wraps. The latest build we haven't seen has better characters. Yeah. Oh, I hope so. Yeah, because this is just the E3 build. Okay, okay. Let's hope. Well, there's still a chance for redemption there. Yeah, true. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe if we play it, it actually feels good to play. I don't know, man. We'll have it to wait. It's weird. I saw that um, Final Fantasy VIII Remaster is finally getting a release date, and that's September 3rd. Mm-hmm. It's going to cost 20 bucks, and you can pre-order it right now. Mm. You know, 
the game looks great. The the HD remaster actually looks nice and clean. But I don't like the the gameplay mechanic in Final Fantasy VIII. I have to admit. Yeah. Like to me, like to of all the three, it's the weakest of the three in terms of gameplay to me. Okay. It's not a bad system by any stretch of the imagination. It's just if well, let me put it this way. If you're playing it for the first time and you don't know you and you don't know what you're doing, you're gonna get you're gonna get your ass whooped real quick. And if you do know what you're doing, one or two things are gonna happen. You're gonna grind like there's no tomorrow, or you're gonna get bored before you even reach the first real big milestone in the game. Okay. Well, that's a bummer. So yeah. And like like I said, it's the weaker of the three PlayStation ones. Heck, I would even rank Final Fantasy VII above that one. Um, and of course, Final Fantasy IX is to me the best version that they ever did. But you know, I'm an old guy. I never played that one. Yeah, it's worth it. I mean, not worth the price that they're asking on Switch, but it, it's worth it. Uh, uh, I think they're offering. I think yeah, actually, it's the same price on all the other systems except for. Maybe on PC because of Steam. I don't know. I but, saw uh, the yeah. article. I was surprised. Yeah. 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 Um, so, yeah. This this also marks the fact that now all the PlayStation era Final Fantasy games are on a Nintendo system. Yay! Honestly, I never thought I'd see the day. So, I think Square kudos Enix... Scudos uh, to Square Enix for that one. But I think they've turned into a company that want to make more money because... You think about it, they don't have a huge memorable game lineup anymore, or they don't do anything really big anymore. They're they don't a do a lot of new stuff. No, yeah, that's too bad. I mean, they can make a Sleeping Dogs too. Maybe they should focus if on they that. To. Yeah, I mean that would be an amazing game. Please, Square Enix, yeah. do that. But honestly, I see what I see happening more is that they're probably going to release a remastered version for the next gen. Of uh, Sleeping Dogs. Yeah. So I'll buy it. I bought I, You remember what I said? I bought it and, on PS3, on PS4, and on PC. <laughs> and if it comes to PS5, I'll buy that game too. <laughs> I love that game, man. Well, here's the thing. It's not like... Okay, we're being a bit too hard. It's not like they don't make new games. They do. They're either just smaller projects. Or they or... like the game they brought out. This year, the Russian communist inspired game, you know, the Japan. I don't know what the game was called. It came out early this year with the mechs in it, you know, the big robots. It looked like some communist game. You remember the name? Because what you're describing to me is. At least stuff. I got to look really, really Russia Cold War vibe from it. Oh, I do not remember that. I do remember that last year they brought out the Quiet Man and woof, the Dat Tank. I'm looking it up right now. Yeah. But um yeah, I mean at least at least they have subsidiaries that are doing interesting stuff like um to- uh the Tokyo RPG Factory. I mean their games have been kind of hits that have been hits and miss or some would say mediocre at best. Um but at least their new game Oninaki, I played the demo and it actually feels solid. So it, Oninaki is at least a step in the right direction because I played I Am Setsuno and I got bored of that game, even though um, most people 
gave it a lot of praise and said that it felt like um, what's it called again? Chrono, Chrono Trigger. I don't honestly. I didn't feel like it felt like. I mean, I get what they mean with that. It felt like Chrono Trigger, but it didn't feel enough like Chrono Trigger for me to be like, okay, this feels like a legit spiritual successor to it. And um, I played the demo for Lost Sphere, and even that, and that was even more mediocre in my opinion. It, it had some cool mechanics. But uh, yeah, that didn't really left work a lot. Left. Oh my goodness! I totally blocked that game out. Well, it's good that you did. Yeah. But that's, for example, but, a game they brought out, and I'm just—I see that it has reviews no, on but Steam. You know, it has a three but, out of ten. But you know why I blocked it out? It's because they didn't promote the game. Yeah. Like the the at the very last minute, I think I think three weeks before the game launched, suddenly they had this media blitz. Left Alive, Left Alive. They were releasing stuff on their channel like every other day. Left Alive, Left Alive. I was like, what is this game? Square Enix, wait, when did they announce this? I didn't even remember that. They, I didn't even know that it was theirs. I didn't even know that they announced it. And suddenly this thing, thing was going to be out in like a couple of weeks. That is not a good sign, people. When you have to scramble to remind people that your game is coming out, that is not a good sign. No, and so, the game itself was bad. Yeah, I I mean I I I'd, I'd have to I I I can't say that I agree, but I don't know, man. It's, this stuff is just weird. Game makes you stutter. That says enough. Yeah, I, well, I, I, I totally I, I, forgot I, I, about it, man. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's just because I forgot that game even existed. Ah, okay. oh, good grief! That is so bad. I know a game you haven't forgotten about. Oh yeah, was that? Kerbal Space. Space program two. Oh yeah. Oh, that's that. That's what we're talking about here. I have spent a lot of hours in Kerbal Space Program here, um, building these crazy rockets. Oh man. The only the only thing I will say that is this: um, when this game comes out, I will be live streaming this because I want to build crazy rockets and get input from people. To build rockets um, and get suggestions to build rockets and I'll build them live on a stream or in video content. I don't care because this is the kind of game that I like to play just messing around for like a couple of hours, like five hours, just making rockets and seeing how far I get. Oh man, back in the day playing Kerbal Space Program, I actually was able to reach the moon. It was so good. <laughs> I was able to reach the moon. But I didn't know how to get back, <laughs> so my Kerbal got stuffed up there. It's so sad. Every time there. I boot, yeah, it's still there. Every time I boot up the game and then I go and check this, the 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 uh, the space state, the not the the not the space station, but the um, what the control center. You can track where all your yeah. uh, astronauts are, and I just see him just on the moon. I'm like, oh. hasn't his oxygen run out by now? They have infinite oxygen. Oh. Yeah. Unfortunately, the oxygen that allows me to use the propeller tanks ran out. So, you know, you can't get off this, the, the moon again. And there's also one, and I can't seem to find it again, but I do see that there's one spacecraft that is 
left in orbit around the planet. <laughs> so sad that one space, the, so that close. one Kerbal yeah, so is just hot. circling around the planet for forever. Nice. Oh, man, I love that game, man. It, it is a challenge to make a good rocket in there because it is actual rocket science. But uh, yeah, yeah. But if if there is any other game that I would upgrade my rig for, it would be that. Um, I haven't played the game, but I have, besides you, heard another friend of ours be super enthusiastic and saying, I've put so many hours in it. So I am convinced <laughs> that you want to play the game. It's just that, yeah, I haven't had the time to buy it and play. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you should definitely try it out, and it's good. Yeah. I mean, it's also on consoles. Um, it's actually on sale right now on uh, PlayStation for 10 bucks. So if you want to try it out on consoles, uh, you can do that. Um, I'd personally say just play it on PC because that's the best way to play. Yeah, I heard that the controls um, are also really nice on PC compared to PlayStation. Oh, yeah. I mean, it can be a little bit weird. I will admit that there are some kind of weird quirks with trying to connect some stuff sometimes, especially like the littler stuff, even with a mouse and keyboard. But for the most part, it works perfectly fine. Yeah, I saw that Kerbal Space Program 2 in this case. Not to confuse one, which we were talking about, but two is coming out mm. early 2020. Yeah, oh, I can't wait. Yeah. Oh, it's going to be fun to build rockets again. I've seen videos of mods and and things like that because, I, for example, I'm a huge Battlestar Galactica fan. And that was mm. the first thing I when I heard about this game and mods, I'm like, oh, let me check. And I looked online and there was an actual Battlestar Galactica ship. Like, oh, this is so cool. And then there was this guy who was trying to dock one of the fighters. They were called Vipers. Trying to dock one yeah. of those Vipers. I'm like, oh my God, this is so cool. I want to play this. And I never got to play it because I don't have time. But it, it really yeah. got me excited when I saw that. Yeah, I, I will say this. I, with, I think with Kerbal Space, Space Program through 2, I am going to try and actually build a, a working... Uh, a space station oh, that'd be cool because that is something that you can build in the first game but looking at tutorials and stuff it's so daunting i was like uh, is there multiplayer also, in the game a, a co-op or something i mean not really in the traditional sense because you're you're doing only one of two things you're building yeah and then you're you're piloting the spacecraft okay so, or you can launch satellites. Okay. Which is also a very difficult thing because unlike um, unlike a manned ship, an unmanned ship you have to direct from the ground mm -hmm. and you have to make sure that you have enough battery life. And you also have to make sure that you put on the solar panel so that the batteries can get recharged so that you can still control the dang thing once it's in space. Wow, that's pretty in-depth. Yeah, it is very in depth. That's nice. I mean the the team like the team is partially made up of former astronauts. So Ooh. or or not I think yeah, former astronauts and rocket scientists. Yeah, that's cool. So, yeah. Nice. So the science is legit for the most part. <laughs> um I still have a few things on my list. Do you have anything? Um, I think I ran through my list, but um, I'll just go through a few more things and you can just talk about the next thing on your list. Um, we got to see some gameplay around the Predator game that was announced in uh, State of Play. It, mm -hmm. it, I don't know. I wasn't really excited by it. It looked pretty generic. 
when you play as the soldiers, you look like it's an FPS, a first-person shooter. When you play as a predator, it's a third-person shooter. And there are the game, gameplay demo revolved around a special forces unit or or a SEAL team or whatever, dropping in with a Black Hawk mm. helicopter, moving into an area, killing um, soldiers or guerrilla war, uh, uh, fighters, and then all of a sudden, a player controlling the predator started to zap enemies with his space weapon, and then mm. the soldiers got all taken out, and that was kind of. I don't know. Okay. I'm yeah. You know what the problem is with the games, and I think I've said it before. It feels like those um, Dead by Daylight games. You know, within there's this Freddy Krueger or this Jason from Friday the Thirteenth character, yeah, yeah. and people have to yeah, run away. It's... And you know, it never. Wasn't there another game that did that? That asymmetrical gameplay? It's either Friday the Thirteenth and it's no, 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 no. Before that, before that. Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, it was called what was it called again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was a THQ game. It came out, and then after a while, they had to shut the game down because it didn't actually live up to the expectation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think I've got the name. Was it called uh, something like Extraordinary or something? It's I'm pretty sure it started with an E. I know what you which game you mean. It's just that uh, I don't know the name anymore. I don't know either. That says a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Good lasting impression. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. Maybe maybe it's good. Who knows, man? I mean, Predator Thirteenth looks like crap, but I played it and I had a ton of fun killing the uh, the the cat. The it's so weird. <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. But, uh, maybe, who knows? It, maybe it's good. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's Maybelline. Uh, I, I guess the only thing we can do is wait and see when that game comes out. Yeah. Um. So are we going to leave the thing that we, that the big thing for last? Or I think are we going to do it. it? We can end on that one. Okay. Do you have any other things then? Then uh, PUBG is getting crossplay for between PlayStation ah. and Xbox. Going to happen in the fourth season, and that starts on August twenty seventh. Mm-hmm. And Call of Duty Modern Warfare, so the new one, is getting ray tracing on PC, and they're doing an alpha mm-hmm. this weekend. So starting on Friday, twenty third of August till Sunday, they're doing an alpha in which you can for free play. The gunfight mode, it's, I believe it's called. It's a 2v2 mode. Um, you don't need PlayStation Plus. You don't have to pre-order the game, whatever. You can just download it from the PlayStation Store. You can play it for those three days. Um, mm-hmm. I'm really excited. I'm going to try to play it. And then I'll maybe I'll be able to record something and then post it on our soon-to-release uh, surprise thingy, what we're doing. Um, right. I'm going to try to do that. And then Ghost Recon Breakpoint, which is coming out this year. I'm really excited for that one. Um, they showed some PvP, so multiplayer footage around it, how that's going to play out. That looked really nice. Okay. Um, and that's it. Besides the last thing we're going to talk about. Um... No, actually, I, I was just looking some stuff up, and I found this neat little snippet from an interview. 
about The Witcher 3. Oh. Um, wherein they said that, wow, okay, so they spent about 12 months working on the port, which is amazing. And they actually cut down loading times compared to the Xbox One PlayStation 4 version. Oh, that's nice. That doesn't happen often. No, that certainly does not. And it fits on a 32-gig card, so that's actually amazing. Ooh. I'm pretty sure that game was freaking huge. Yeah, if you, I don't know if the game is coming this out is, with all the this expansions. Is, and this is everything. It, this is everything. Oh, with the expansions. With all the expansions and wow. all the updates that it got. That's nice. That is insane. Wow. I'm yeah. actually jealous now because I would love to take uh, with The Witcher on the go. <laughs> wow. All right. Um, I thought we, I forgot to mention a new game that got announced. It's called Disintegration. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. From the maker, uh, is one of the guys behind, he was the creative director at Bungie and one of the co-creators of the Halo franchise. Um, mm. I saw the trailer really quickly. I don't have a real good impression of what it is. I know you were really excited about it, so maybe you can tell people more about it. Yeah, it so it's this, I mean, I need, hang on, let me just bring it up again, because it, there's a lot going on in that game, and it looks really interesting, because it's this, um, it's this heavy sci-fi first-person shootery thing, but you're all on these. You're all in these, I think, like weird cycles. Look like one look, of those Gundam-like like, mech thingies. Yeah, I mean, it looks like it was pulled straight out of an anime. Um, I wouldn't say if it's necessarily Gundam, but it was pulled out of an anime, and it just looks so weird and interesting. I'm not the biggest first person kind of guy, but I don't know. I I would I would I wouldn't mind checking it out when it comes out. Yeah, though. same here. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's uh, they are saying of course being who they are, it has a huge multiplayer component to it because of course it does. Um, but yeah, it looks cool. It looks really cool. I mean, it, it, you're driving around this robotic thing and all mechy and stuff and shooting at people <laughs> looks like fun yeah oh and i finally came on the freaking name of the the developers that are public that are porting um the witcher 3 saber interactive weren't they the guys that made that time game time shift or something like that years ago yep yeah oh, that's the same one that's funny yeah also they did port a couple of games to switch already i think I think they did Final Fantasy twelve or ten ten two. Um but yeah, so they they are no strangers to the Switch um uh, environment in terms of development uh, process. Okay. Yeah. Do you have anything left before we move on to the last part? Uh no other than uh, Astral Chain is coming out at the, the end of this month, so they have a bunch of new content for that as well, and people are really excited about it. It's even more excited. But that you're excited. Yeah, I mean, it, the game looks awesome. The gameplay looks just grade A platinum games, so yeah, it's it looks like they brought their A game to it, and that makes me excited. I'm uh, curious to see what that's going to be like. Yeah, same here. 
Okay, then we move on to the last, but unfortunately disappointing part. Mm. We've mentioned this in a previous episode, but we've got confirmation on it. Yeah. There was a Stadia Connect on Monday in which they tried to make it all about the games, 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 and even more games. And when they opened the show, they did a brief summary of what Stadia is, kind of a feature and a benefit thing of Stadia, saying, hey, you can instantly play the game. There's no patch. There's no installer. There's no update or whatnot. You can just click and play, whatever you are. And then they said... Stadia is coming out this year in November. If you want to use it or be able to experience it, you can do it by buying the Founders Edition. And only the Founders Edition. And only the Founders Edition. So that means that basically in the Netherlands, for example, it's 129 euros and you get a controller, a Chromecast Ultra, three months of Stadia Pro, uh, a body pass, pass and you get to pick your access uh, to all the destiny 2 content destiny 2 indeed and an option the opportunity to pick your online nickname which is really important not apparently um that's all going to cost you 129 euros a bit or 129 dollars or 29. so basically you're a glorified beta tester for stadia the most gilded of beta testers by the way because i've like I don't think I've ever like next to next to Ground Zeroes for Metal Gear Sol- for Metal Gear Solid Five, and even that was more of a glorified paid demo than this. Yeah. And even then, you still don't have access to the games. Yeah. So you're basically renting a really expensive 4K game server. 429 euros to buy the game yeah because you can play initially my idea was okay the the thing is going to come out in november i'll I'll get a month of stadia pro i'll try it out share my opinion i think you'll try it out you wanted to try it out as well so we would want to do an episode around stadia and maybe even things like a comparison episode between stadia and geforce now which is nvidia's equivalent of this and the funny but thing is, is you can get, you can try to enter that beta program for GeForce Now. And all you have to do is log in with your existing Steam library. And if the game that you have in your Steam library is supported by GeForce Now, you can play that game. And seeing as it's in beta right now, it's all free. So that already sounds better instead of renting a, a 4k game server and then still having to pay game, the game meaning i pay 10 bucks a month for the service at, in case of stadia and i pay 60 or 70 bucks for the game so i'm paying more to play the game in higher fidelity and i still have things like an internet connection that comes into play if i'm in a country that has a data cap that comes into play and if you don't have an internet connection, you can't play at all. You can't play at all. There's no offline option. Yeah. So it's the, the annoying part is, is, and I don't want to be, I don't want Stadia to be this uh, constant subject we get to rant about or to be negative about or to constantly mention it. But the, I was genuinely excited when it got announced. You were the skeptical guy. I was the excited guy. And the closer we're getting to launch, the more 
is interested. The more skeptical you're becoming. Yeah, skeptical, disappointed I'm becoming in this service because this was supposed to be my battlefield on the go, you know? Yeah. And now it's just... Uh... Yeah, well... I was skeptical from the, from the beginning. They almost got me with their second Stadia Connect. Almost. Yeah. But then I stayed the course. I stayed the course. So and... strong. You grew yeah. larger so for strong. China. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know what's uh, a bummer? Because I know exactly. I, I have a really strong feeling how this is going to end up. People are going to yeah. ro- enroll in that Founders Edition. They're going to get that. And then in mm-hmm. November, December, the people that have that Founders Edition are going to beta test it, basically. And then either yeah. in January or in February, Google is going to say, well, you know what, people, we're going to open it up to everybody. So if you want Stadia Pro, it's going to cost you 10 bucks a month. Meaning that if I, had wait, if I had ordered the Founders Edition, I basically paid for early access and I could have waited two or three months and I would have just paid the 10 bucks. So you're, yeah. you're, what you're doing as a founder, you're basically pre-financing Stadia. Pretty much, yeah, yeah. Because nobody, nobody's the Google is never going to keep this model going for six months or a year because then people will well, never buy that stuff. Well, here's the funny part because they said that certain certain regions were already sold out of the Founders Edition, yeah. meaning that they, it's a limited run. Yeah. Why? Well, I think those people didn't know that the only way to get into Stadia was to get the Founders Edition. Yeah, I mean, I guess so, but it's just, ah, just seriously, man. Every time we talk about this subject, I just get more sad. Yeah, I mean, they showed some games around it, which got me excited. For example, Cyberpunk 2077 is coming to Stadia, which is really cool because that is one of those games that, yes, I could play it on my PC, but I know already that either I have to buy a new graphics card by then because that's one of those games I want to be able to play on the most intense graphical setting there is because i just want to experience that game the best way you can and i know with the high-end pc i bought now it's probably not powerful enough to run it so i either have to upgrade my graphics card or i can get stadia but if they keep on pulling these things i don't want to get stadia yeah yeah ubisoft is bringing a whole host of games such as watchdogs legion and the division of course they are ubisoft likes to spread around their games as far you know, and wide as possible. It's funny that from all the publishers, Ubisoft and maybe Bethesda are generally more Ubisoft is like the only publisher that's actively come out and endorsed it or been like really positive around it. I mean, for example, EA, there's this list of to be decided or to be announced games or the publishers that are going to participate in Stadia. And EA is one of those publishers that is still to be decided or to be announced. Whereas you would expect a company like EA to jump in on this immediately, saying we're bringing Origin to uh, Stadia, and you can just play they're, all those. They're games. probably still they're probably still negotiating the deal with Origin because Ubisoft kind of beat them to the punch because Ubisoft's subscription service is coming to Stadia too. Yeah, you play you play Plus, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just oh, it's so weird, man. It's so weird. I mean, they they came out with this at GDC and it sounded like this amazing service. And then in E3, they changed the messaging and now they've changed the messaging again. I mean, even Microsoft knew how to pivot from the Don Metric debacle with 
always on and no secondhand games to where they are now. But it's like this. Uh... Their saving grace has been has been Phil Spencer and the and the and um and the the the, the games. What are games for gold or whatever they call yeah, it? Yeah, games for gold. But they, they've yeah. done a lot. Microsoft done they did a lot of stuff. They came back really good from that Don Metric uh, debacle. And mm-hmm. you look at how Stadia is going right now. I'm like, okay. I'm afraid a lot of people are going to buy that Founders Edition. They're going to play it a month. And after a month, they're going to, oh, what a month, a week after a week, they're going to be like, oh, shit. I can't believe I spent 109 euros or dollars on it. Oh, you know, that's <laughs> going to happen. Yeah. I mean, I'll keep an eye out on on, on people that, you know, outlets that have obviously gotten it and they're going to try it out and see. And honestly, I'm curious to see what, how they how how it reviews but uh yeah my initial instinct was right and i hate to say that it was right because tech wise tech wise this looks like a really interesting aspect it's just instead of being a netflix they ended up being something else i honestly don't know what to compare it to right now because playstation plus and xbox live no, but I don't think no, that's a fair no. comparison. That is not a good comparison no. at all. No. Not even a little. No. Because those are online services that allow you to play online on their platform. Yeah. That is not the same thing. Yeah, and they give me if I have a PlayStation if I have PlayStation Plus, I get free games every month, which are exactly. sometimes really good games such as Detroit Becoming Human. Yeah. Although um, it's kind of a ripoff considering that they reduce the amount of games that you're getting now yeah. so yeah i don't know if they're gonna turn around and say like okay we're gonna add an extra game now uh somewhere down the line but i they better because two the two games it's because i you know what sony likes likes to do for whatever reason with playstation plus games is that when you select them and you add them to the cart they add them with the the amount and the discount, mm-hmm. so it shows you how much you're saving every month in terms of games. Yeah. And it used to be somewhere between 170, 100, uh, 170, 150 euros a month to seventy or eighty. Yeah. So it, it, if they want to brag in that way to you, the consumer, that this is how much you're saving every month. And it's gone down. It kind of feels disingenuous to be still paying the same amount. Either give me more games or make it cheaper. Yeah, you can't have both. Yeah, I, it's a matter of perspective because, to be honest, I have PlayStation Plus because I needed to play online, and I'm totally yeah. fine by playing paying to play online. And I see PlayStation Plus as in the games I get as a nice to have or an extra benefit. But if Sony were to rip that part out, I wouldn't be bummed because I still buy PlayStation Plus to play online. I would. Yeah. I think it differs per person. Yeah, true. Yeah. But at a certain point, you gotta get used to the fact that they're giving you free games. So. Hmm. Oh. So. Um. I think that's it, right? Yeah, that's it, man. Otherwise, I'm just gonna start crying here. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Seriously, uh, the future of gaming is a mystery. Hey, I'm so happy but, uh, that we're getting new consoles. 
Yeah, I mean, I guess those only time will tell, man. Holiday 2020. It's going to be a big oh, one. Oh, man. I can't wait. Yeah. So, uh, that's it from us uh, this week on this bonus round of Game Rivals. I have been your host, Maximilian X. I've been your other host, John Templer. And we'll see you guys on another regular episode next week. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.